Welcome to episode one of EVs and Beyond. On this podcast, we plan to take you to the heart of the growing movement to turn New Zealand electric. We will talk to dealers, drivers, enthusiasts, those providing supporting infrastructure, and even those developing the EVs and plug-in hybrid vehicles of the future. Plus, we will take a look at the technologies that help power our cars and our lives, green generation, solar, and more. This podcast accompanies the EVs and Beyond magazine, the new name for evtalk.co.nz. You can download the magazine for free on our website, where you can also sign up for our regular email updates. So who am I? Richard Edwards, Managing Editor of EVs and Beyond. I've written about cars for two decades and have become passionate about electric vehicles. I've driven pretty much everything available and traveled the world to check out what we're going to see in the future. Of course, with COVID, we will have to bring the world of EVs to New Zealand. We have a great set of guests on tonight's show, Alana and Hadley Hargaden from Auckland City Electric Vehicles. But first, some news. Audi New Zealand has shared this week when we can expect to see more electric vehicles from them. A sportback version of the e-tron SUV is about to roll out in New Zealand. But if you want a real performance kick, the GT versions, which are very close related to the Porsche Taycan, are coming in late 2021. Audi claims the GT will be the first production EV with three motors, with an output of up to 370 kilowatts of power and 973 newton meters of torque. That should be good for a 4.5 second sprint to 100 kilometers an hour. Not up for the full-size e-tron, a smaller Q4 model with a range of up to 500 kilometers will arrive in 2022. It is based on Volkswagen Group's MEB platform and will carry an 82 kilowatt hour battery. You'll be able to order it with standard form and sportback. Looking for a little more performance, but a lot less practicality? You can now pre-order the Harley-Davidson Livewire in New Zealand. The brand better known for loud, brash cruiser bikes now has an EV. The live wire can get to 100 kilometers an hour in three seconds and go from 100 kilometers an hour to 129 kilometers an hour in just 1.9 seconds. Harley claims a range of up to 235 kilometers. I've seen this bike in person. It looks stunning. And the price? 53,990. On a less rosy note, the news came in last week that the New Zealand First have blocked what remained of the Greens' clean car plan. The first part, a fee bait, would have seen high emitting vehicles subsidise incentives for electric and lower emitting ones. New Zealand First blocked that in March. And now the second component, an emissions cap on all the vehicles distributors could sell in New Zealand, has been dropped as well. That leaves us at the end of the first term with the Greens as part of the government, with our biggest incentives on EVs being put in place by Simon Bridges as Transport Minister for the last national government. Hello and welcome to the EVs and Beyond podcast. Today we're in a car dealership, to be specific, Auckland City Electric Vehicles in sunny Takapuna, though it's a little bit wet and cloudy out there today. Our guests are the operators of this electric vehicle-focused business, husband and wife Alana and Hadley Hargaden. Hadley is the general manager, while Alana takes care of marketing and those all-important customer relationships. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So... Tell us a little more about how you came to be running a car dealership, and I guess more specifically, an electric vehicle car dealership. And Alana, I understand you come from a bit of an industry family? Yes, I do. My father is Alan Clark. So he had a few different franchise dealerships uh, dating back to 1979. And his tagline actually was 12 minutes north of the bridge. And now our taglines on the radio are just two minutes north of the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> And Hadley, you, how did you come to be in the trade or is this uh, Alana who's dragged you along to join the family business? Uh, no, no, I've been involved in, in the motor trade you know, on and off here in, both here in Australia. So when we're sitting down with Alan one night, we already had a business together and we sort of wanted to expand out and do something else and, uh, and cars was going to be that. So and with that, we decided that 
you know, electric vehicles are the future, so we wanted to get in early and uh, you know, learn all about it and make sure that we we're going to do it right in the future. So when you say you've been in the trade for a while, you've been sales and management and... Yeah, yes, yeah. so I was a sales manager for a dealership in Australia. So to me, it's nothing new. We've got that background. It was just bringing in that new electric car side of it. As you know, there's not a lot of, of that market over in Australia. So um, they're a few years behind us yet, I think. And what were you doing before this, Alana? I was actually in the fashion industry for a long time, but also I have a marketing background. Some would would call some of these cars fashion accessories. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes they say to Hadley, oh, you're not, you're buying too many of the same colour. You've got to think about that for your showroom. You don't want them all white or, you know, all one colour. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to suspect in certain parts of Takapuna, they're going to be quite specific about how they want their car to look. Oh, absolutely. I don't think just Takapuna. (laughs) (laughs) So so why electric vehicles? I mean, was this an interest prior to uh, starting this business? And I mean, how is it different running a dealership focusing on electric vehicles to one that's selling any vehicle? Yeah, sure. I think really for us, it was it was almost a new thing when we got into it. We didn't have a huge amount of experience with electric vehicles when we first, first got into it. Uh, so we bought a few vehicles to test it out. Uh, we all drove one for a while and we all fell in love with them. So from that, we could ground ourselves and know that we were going to be selling a product that we believed in. And along the way, we've really just put in a lot, a lot of effort to making sure that our knowledge was was that that we're going to be giving people the right advice in their transition to electric cars. Had you guys owned or driven any electric cars before you went down this channel? I had driven an electric car, driven on this sand leaf many years ago, and remember thinking, hey, this is pretty cool, but is it going to be the future? And back then, I think it was probably only about 10 leafs in the country at that point. So it was a very niche, a very niche thing then. Mm-hmm. So um, looking back, hey, it's... Uh, interesting that we're here now. And Lana, are you? I actually hadn't driven any electric vehicles. I mean, I'd seen a lot online. I do a lot of research as well. And I did see, start to see electric car sales in the UK, actually. That was the first place that we started bringing in the Nissan Leaf from. And then we started going through Japan. And where's that stock coming from now? Are you still a lot from both markets? No, mainly Japan. You know, the the time that we can get vehicles from Japan is a lot, lot more efficient than going through the UK. And what we found with some models, you know, you get a lot better spec out of Japan than rather would out of out of the UK. And that money fluctuation in terms of the dollar can hurt the UK market quite a bit. So we solely focus now on, on Japan. And you guys do the buying yourself or you're doing it? Yeah, through? I do the buying uh, myself, which usually keeps me up either very late at night or very early in the morning, <laughs> picking cars. But we've got a great team of people that we go and visit now in Japan, not overly regularly. We try and get up there a couple of times a year uh, just to keep those relationships going. But I think the great thing about the internet these days and technology is I can see any car that's coming for sale that day in Japan from in bed or wherever I may be. So it's, yeah, a very streamlined process. And what kind of stuff are you picking up? What, what, what are you bringing in and what's what's moving for you? We only buy high-grade cars and we're not interested in buying low-grade cars that we need to do panel and repair stuff when we get here. So for us, we're quite stringent on what we are buying and we find that reflects when you, as soon as you walk into our dealership, everything is in great condition both inside and out and that's how we want to present ourselves as being a high-quality dealership and that works for us. Some people are in the market for a cheap car and they can go elsewhere to, to find that but if you want to buy a good quality electric car then that's that's what we're focusing on. And, and at least still your bread and butter or I mean are, there, are, are people particularly over against Takafuna looking at it? Certainly. Some more interesting things. I've seen a few i3s and various things. Like yeah that. absolutely we drive an i3 ourselves actually. That's, yeah we do. 
Mm. Uh, that's what we drive. But. but yes, certainly I think leaves are going to be our bread and butter for the foreseeable future as well, simply because that is what's available in large quantities from Japan to be able to supply to a, to a market. I3s, yeah, we, we try and, and stock as many of those as we can. And, you know, I think we sold five I3s last week. So we are turning over a lot of I3s as well. But still, leaf is far and away the, the biggest seller for us. Then the plug-in hybrids are getting more and more popular for us. Um, the Mitsubishi Outlander mm. is a huge vehicle for us. And the now the Volkswagen uh, GTE. GTE, yeah. Because I guess some of the purists aren't necessarily fans of those plugins, but they do they do really have a role to play in the market, don't they? I think certainly, yeah. I mean, we're seeing more and more people wanting single-car families, so they want to be able to, to still go away to Taupo on the weekend, not necessarily have that trip interrupted by stops. They can get a you know a full electric commute every day with the GTE Golf or a plug-in hybrid Outlander, but still do those, mm-hmm. those longer journeys as well. So that's where we're seeing those vehicles becoming more mm-hmm. and more popular. People are just saving saving money well that's the thing i mean how are you customers do you find they are more into the electric technology side of it or are they liking the idea of saving money or saving carbon or, or where, where do you think their their motives lie we have a, a diverse customer range we really yeah. do and to put a finger on each section it's quite hard because yeah really we do get ev purists of course but we get a lot of people that are more thinking about the monetary savings that come along with an electric vehicle and i think the huge, biggest driver in the market really for us now is people that have friends that have got gone electric and perhaps they thought that that was a strange move until they've actually gone for a ride in that car and gone, hey, this is really cool and I I thought it would be slow or I thought it would be clunky or, you know, they just didn't really understand what it was. And that's probably the biggest driver for people now is actually, you know, having been for a ride in, in an electric car is, and then they can actually see it in their own lives. Yeah, our word-of-mouth customers. Yeah, for sure. It's getting quite large, especially in some of your smaller suburbs like Devonport. We see, you know, a whole family, a whole extended family buying a leaf off us, which is really cool to see. What are some of the differences in, you know, you have worked within the trade prior to this, in selling people electric cars? I mean, we're talking about the different motivations that people have for buying them, but is the process any different? I guess there's got to be a far bigger education component to how you sell the vehicle. Certainly, and that's what we pride ourselves on. We've spent a lot of time developing knowledge, basically, within our business, and that We've recently taken on a new salesman. I've said to him, he's been in the industry now for 30 years, so he knows how to sell a car. But it's more about an education process when you come to buy an electric car, and we don't want to be giving disinformation. So our biggest thing with him recently has been trying to get him up to speed as to what we've learned over the years. So I think that changes the process of selling an electric car. We really try and push people to go on an overnight test drive, and part of that is when they get there is to actually put them in the right vehicle and overnight test drive that's going to suit them for them and then they can take it home make sure it works for them and then you know that, that way we know that we're giving them the best car that they can can be driving and from that on the processes you start to sell any differences you found in the need to sell things like aftermarket warranties and, and the finance process I know when talking to dealers early on in the used import arrival into New Zealand they found their buyers had a far lower penetration of finance they were generally more researched has that maintained the same way or is it starting to broaden out I think certainly the finance penetration in the electric car you know, dealerships is very low and that is because I think more people are cautious. They're better with money, perhaps as a whole, so they're not needing finance, but it's not to say it's a, a hard and fast rule. And also with the, the warranties, yeah, it's, it's certainly more difficult to sell a warranty. I think the, the greatest thing about an electric car is there's not as 
many things to go wrong. So people are drawn to them because of their reliability. You're on Barry's Point Road in Takapuna. Why Takapuna? Because other dealers have been, I feel, kind of slowly migrating away from the Takapuna area over the years up the Wairau Valley. Yes. Uh, why have you guys stayed and, and what do you think the advantages are of, of being there? Yeah, sure. I mean, we started, uh, we had a, a leisure homes business, which is small transportable homes. And so when we first started out, we had just a small yard attached to that, which was in Takapuna as well. When we realised that the cars were going to be our main focus business, we were looking for a new location. And that was really, we wanted to be indoors. So we actually were looking for a building anywhere on the North Shore, really. And we ended up finding the perfect place about 300 metres from where we were. So uh, I think, first of all, yeah, Takapuna is a great spot. For us where we are, we're easily accessible from either going north or south on the motorway, which is great. And yeah, it's just, it's a good spot to be in. We don't need to be near other car dealers. Uh, we've got anything we need within Barry's Point Road, so it's a good spot to be in. And, and Takapuna has always felt like a little bit of a city village to me, I don't know. I mean, how's the community kind of embraced what you're doing there? Because I know you, you guys do a few events and you're involved in things. Yeah, I think it's probably more broader than just Takapuna itself. We've got Milford, we've got Devonport and the surrounding suburbs, Northcote, where we see a lot of our customers come from. So, yeah, we, we try and be involved and as a involved as we can be within the community and any events on that we can get and be a part of we will do so yeah we're also not too far away from uh, the hibiscus coast we've seen a huge influx of customers from there because their commute is larger to the cbd so they you know they're wanting to save costs on on fuel so we you know we're not too far away from them if we were over in the city or something like that it would maybe put those customers off coming to our dealership but being in takampuna we're not too far away from them so that's really good too no one's questioned the Auckland City name. I guess you're about as close to, to Auckland City as a dealer could be anyway. <laughs> I think so, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, I think there's uh, a couple of other dealerships with the Auckland City moniker that are not quite in the city as well. So, yeah. Now, the team you've got there, you um, are they from a, a traditional sales background? And I, and I kind of understand you've got a, some unique ways of working with them and rewarding their, their performance over there. Yeah, hey, we've got a great team and we try and work as that, a team. So, you know, we've got Greg Kent, who's our sales manager. He's a very rich history of being a car mechanic and he actually worked for Alana's dad back in the 80s. So, you know, he brings that technical aspect to the yard. He really understands cars and things like that. So knowledge that Greg's got and, you know, developed since he's been in the electric field is great, being able to pass that on to customers as well. So Greg's history, sorry, wasn't necessarily in sales, but he's become our sales manager. And, you know, his main focus is looking after customers. So that works really well. Next to Greg, we've got uh, Peter Willis. Peter has worked in many dealerships over the years. He was very much retired when he actually started with us. But he came and worked for a few days while we were on holiday once and, and has never left. So Peter's been working for Mercedes and Gable Price and Toyota, many dealerships across the country over the years and brings a wealth of experience and it's great to have him on board. And very recently we've taken on uh, a gentleman called Dennis Millishan who came from uh, Tristram Tristrams and he's a great salesman but more importantly, he treats customers right, which is what we always want to do. Uh, so he's our most recent uh, addition to the team. So I think he's been with us now for about two months and, and starting to fit in really well. And behind the scenes, we have a great team as well with admin, accounting, and then our grooming department. Yes. And so and on top of that, we've recently also taken on another guy who does our after-sales stuff. So anything that pops up that 
questions that customers have, you know, he's dealing with those and getting cars ready as well. And you've got quite an interesting kind of incentive scheme for them, I gather. Can yes. you tell us about that? Yeah, that's sort of it's sort of my project, really. So there's anything from a gift voucher to romantic night away with, with the wife, basically. So that's been really, really fun for me to put in place with the team. And everyone seems to have won a prize last month. So that's fantastic. <laughs> so things are recovering well after the COVID lockdown? Oh, absolutely. We're really pleased with how things are going. It's actually quite surprising. Yeah, we've seen a really good strong month last month and this month kicked off really well too. So it seems to be people out there spending money. And I think a lot of people during lockdown actually thought about buying an electric car and now putting that into action. So yeah, it's great. And I, I think one of the discussions going on at the moment is whether that will be able to continue. If as much from the amount of supply coming into the country from overseas, you guys have managed to secure a pretty solid supply over the next coming months? Yeah, we've kept our stock, you know, pipeline of stock actually pretty full. So we've got plenty of cars at the moment and we've going to have plenty of cars next month as well. So we have no supply issues. I know there is a few people out there with that. We're lucky enough to have a good amount of stock. Just prior to lockdown, we were actually in Japan. So we were up there on a buying trip and and we did secure a lot of stock then. So we're lucky that uh, yeah, we've got that, that on hand now. I promise you we did not bring COVID to New Zealand though. It was a few weeks before we went into lockdown, probably about a month before we went into lockdown, we, we were back from Japan, but that really helped with our supply. Um, we did a big, big order and that's, you know, slowly, slowly drifted through nicely. How many cars do you generally have there at any one time? Yeah, so at the moment I think we've got about 60 cars there and we've also usually got about, twice, you know, double that. Um, so well, same amount again coming on, on the water. So, yeah. And plenty on the water at the moment then? Plenty on the water at the moment, yeah, plenty of good stock coming. How's buying been? I mean, there's concerns, of course, that the Japanese market slowed down, so that makes the availability a little bit difficult. It certainly has. I think last month was probably a little tougher to buy than, than previous months. Yeah, so hopefully that doesn't doesn't hang around. Uh, there's always that question mark of supply of leaves in Japan, used leaves. So, yeah, hopefully that doesn't become an issue going forward, but we're always wary of it. You've got, and I'm holding the bottle here, in front of them, I'll shake it in front of the mic, a, a, a bit of a project, working together on a project with a company that makes uh, water bottles. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Alana? Yes. Recently, we've collaborated with a company called For the Better Good, which is a sustainable New Zealand spring water company. And they have a great marketing initiative and great branding, which says, hello, I made from plants emblazoned on the bottle. And we even have a drop-off bin where you can return the bottle. That's something that they do many places throughout the country. I think there's an app and you can go on and see where you can actually return the bottle straight back to the plant. Um, but also they can be composted as well. So the bottles don't end up in the oceans or landfill. So it's really cool. So why why do a project like that? Is that just part of your overall kind of sustainability ethic? Or? Well, I think, you know, traditionally the big dealerships, you know, they might give a, a water or a coffee or a sparkling water, something like that. But we wanted to do something a little bit more unique when someone went on a test drive or came down and, you know, signed up a sales agreement. Um, so, we yeah, we basically collaborated with them after lockdown and it's working really well and the feedback that we've had is is really positive. We joined the Sustainable Business Network this year which was something that we really wanted to do uh, prior but we've probably been quite busy over the last couple of years but now we're, we're really quite into it and we're wanting to to do our bit so with that we've we've joined up with with the better good and um, hope to do more stuff with other companies along the way. Yes. Absolutely. And rather analogous with the interior of an i3, of course, which is made of 
plants and plastic bottles. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Hemp, maybe yeah. hemp as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's a lot of bamboo and so forth in there. Yeah. Yeah, and the hemp and the door cards yes, in and yeah. the dash as well. So yeah. yeah. No, fantastic. Now, World EVDA is coming in September. You guys have got plans for something at the dealership for that? Yeah, we have. We've been discussing with Jeff, actually, and Sophie, so we're wanting to get involved. We love to meet people from the EV community. They are our customers at the end of the day, so we want to know what makes them tick, what they like, and you know, so we can give that good service to them going forward. So we're going to open the doors that day, get some people down there, get a few, uh, maybe a sausage sizzle or something on the go, uh, maybe <laughs> something a little bit more exciting than that. V- vegan options as well, of vegan course. Options, of absolutely. course. Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, no, we, we'll have the door doors open for, for EV World Day. We also have uh, Bruce the Juice who's a local uh, Takapuna man and he's often at the Takapuna markets and he makes green juice for us, which fits in well with our branding and the customers love it. Fantastic. And I guess those events are great and we've seen them long used as a a tool within the overall EV movement as a way of just getting people in to check out the cars because get people in and it doesn't take them long before they're driving one. Correct. And hey, look, most people that were there that day are already EV owners. So for us, it's just about connecting with them and making sure that, you know, we're... uh, connecting with the community basically yeah the ev community hopefully sell another one have, have your name at the top of their mind when the next time they need to upgrade yes obviously yeah yeah get their friends down that maybe haven't you know haven't tried an ev get them in the vehicles we do a lot of test drives and fun little drives around the block and it's it's really good for people just to get in them and and see how great they really are Fantastic. Look, thank you so much for joining us today. That's uh, Alana and Hadley from Auckland City Electric Vehicles. Check over, uh, head over to Barry's Point Road and check them out soon. I'm sure they'll be uh, there to welcome you with a, with hopefully a green juice or, or a bottle of uh, plant-based bottle of water. Excellent. Thanks very much, Richard. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on the first episode of EVs and Beyond. Please subscribe and rate our podcast, then head over to evtalk.co.nz to download the magazine and subscribe to that as well. It's free if you only want the PDF version. I'll catch you again in two weeks' time.